Ho, ho, ho. Bluey Christmas. <laughs> so, if in this world Santa is a dog, yeah. what's pulling the sleigh? Mm. Cats? No, Gotta still be- still reindeer. Yeah, you could, still I think we established that animals are animals in the blue universe. Yeah. Nah, but- a cats. Cat Squad Christmas edition. Christmas, Christmas Cat Squad. Oh, there would definitely be a Christmas episode yeah. in which they get called upon by Santa because there's something wrong with the reindeer. That's right. To then pull the sleigh. You're getting it. it. It writes itself. It really does. This episode of the Hammerbond Project is called Proper Gravy. But uh, speaking of writing things, let's write this ship. Uh, <laughs> happy uh, Christmas to everybody. This is uh, the Hammerbomb Project. I'm Brendan. This is Frank. And I'm Marty. And uh, it's the most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. It certainly. Thank you, Frank. Uh, you see, you, uh, I don't think there's. <laughs> I don't think there's enough singing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think there's the perfect <laughs> amount of singing. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man who I don't think has ever actually sung on this podcast. Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. Yeah. No, I think I also just have to be the Scrooge here. <laughs> <laughs> you're a polite Scrooge, though. You're not like bar humbug. You're like, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I just don't feel like that today. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell you're a dad because it's just like, oh, like you don't want to say, um, you know, Naomi, no. You want to you say, oh, maybe not right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe later. Not. Yeah. Maybe another time? Yeah. 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 And hopefully you'll forget. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> There's always that. There's always that glimmer as you say, oh, maybe this other time. Maybe that will become never. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I love this time of year. I always have. And I want to talk about a Bluey episode that also celebrates this time of year. This episode of Bluey is called Christmas Swim. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit it had been a little while, and so I'm going to rely on you guys to remind me of all the things that I'm sure I do know about this episode, <laughs> and that or, or, already straight away. I thought you were just going to say Christmas Swim, and then uh, you did it in a muffin voice. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> so, Marty, would you care to uh, take us through the bare bones of this festive episode? With its festivity in mind, I think it's really an ethnographic unpacking of a fundamental Australian Christmas. I think very much based on participant observation, a range of different qualitative methods, I would say, observational (laughs) field studies to qualify any empirical assumptions, because Mm -hmm, it is mm -hmm, just really mm -hmm. just spot on. Yeah. In terms of an Australian <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Yeah. I love it's that you ended all of that with just spot on. Spot on. I can just imagine the writers having a session and just going, okay, what are all the things that happen on Australian Christmas? It's like, yeah. well, you go for a swim, you argue about politics with relatives you barely see, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know this is jumping ahead, but the one that truly triggered both me and my wife. You know, what are you doing there, love? Oh, I'm just making the gravy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's oh, not. I'll man. do it. I'll, I'll make, do it properly. I'll do it properly. <laughs> yeah. And just the look on, on um, oh, Trixie's face. Oh, just <laughs> triggering all over. It's so true. Yeah, Mothers-in-law, they, they, they mean well. And I'm sure. <laughs> they, 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 I'm sure Nana didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> but, but you can see the eye roll that Trixie does. The real plot of this is about Bluey gets a new toy, Bartleby, and it's about basically introducing Bartleby to the family, sort of getting brought into the family, which really, like, this is not even me doing my stupid thing. It's kind of very much like an emulation of what it's like to bring a new partner or a friend into your family circle. And suddenly you're seeing your family 
through their eyes. Yeah. And you kind of like, you really want them to like your family. But at the same time, you're also kind of feeling like you need to be apologetic for them. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're, they're kind of like this. and uh, But it's not a big deal. But oh, maybe they are just like this. Mm. So, yeah, it's just really interesting way to have this lens on the Gila family. With that in mind, I'm sure we all have stories of introducing uh, significant others to our uh, families at various points in our life. Has anyone got any hmm. uh, keeping names and and uh, <laughs> out of it, perhaps? Um, any any good stories appropriate we can tell? Oh, hmm. I hope you've got one in mind, Frank. That you just I do, I do. You're just trying to get one of us to put something in first, so it's yours doesn't I'll, seem so. I was kind of hoping because you know I don't I don't want to blow you guys out of the water <laughs> yeah, with this, yeah. but. My family, despite being uh, relatively small, we got a lot of family in Melbourne, So, but we live in Adelaide. So every alternate year, we would have an Adelaide Christmas or a Melbourne Christmas. The Spanish side of my family, my mum is from Spain, uh, very small. You know, I've got, what, three uh, aunties and uncles and, you know, a couple of cousins and stuff. But they go large. Like Christmas Day, <laughs> it is Christmas Day. It is the entire day. In particular, the presence is a really big thing with my family. And I think that stems from when my mum and, and her family, direct family, were immigrants. They didn't have extended family. They didn't have uncles and aunties they could go see. So I get where it comes from. It's, however, evolved to the point of ridiculousness, probably <laughs> highlighted by the fact that one year the tree was buried by presents. The presents were stacked taller than the Christmas tree itself. And so, but having grown up with it, you sort of go, Eh, that's just how we do it. Introducing, you know, <laughs> someone into that, they just go, oh, so we're just going to do like the cyclone thing and rip through all these presents. We're like, no, no, Santa's <laughs> job is to introduce each present, each present having a cryptic clue as to the contents inside. And then it must, everyone must sit and wait for the person to open it. You talk about it, you go, wow, that's really great. I see what you did there. Times a thousand gifts under mm. the tree. Uh, to the point where our present giving has multiple drinks breaks mm. across the entire day and most famously led to our Christmas dinner being put on the table at one minute into Boxing Day. <laughs> now, wow. Ali didn't believe me when I said, we do presents a bit differently. And she started, you know, yeah, it's Christmas Day, you have a drink. You have another drink. I think before we even got to the presents, she was uh, three sheets to the wind, as they say. <laughs> And uh, I think halfway through present, she's like, no, I need to go have a lie down. Wow. <laughs> no, I think I did meet uh, a lot of your mum's side of the family yes. at her 50th. Yep. And I certainly learned a few things. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you said that you said to Ali, oh, my family does presents a little bit different. And I wonder, like, Ali probably would have had the good natured uh, approach of going, oh, no, I'm sure it's fine. you know." And, you and I wonder- when you're in that situation, when you're being introduced, I wonder if- Well, I can, I can tell it from the other side, if that's what you're talking about. And this is not with Ali. This was uh, another partner before her. And uh, I was looking at what seemed to be a pretty decent uh, amount of presents for what was a, a very small, you know, maybe six people in, in the family, including me as the, as the newcomer. And it was all over in 10 minutes. And I just remember it was just chaos. There was paper <laughs> flying everywhere and people shouting across the room, look at what I got. What's that one? That's also got my name on it. Boom, boom. And I just remember I was shell-shocked. I was literally <laughs> sitting there going, what? But that's it? Did you just 
well, I, I don't understand. Like it was very foreign to me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to them, they were just like, what? And it wasn't until, you know, the alternate year when the uh, shoe was on the other foot, as it were, that um, they began to understand where I was coming from. Yeah, yeah. And and I wonder if when you're in that situation, introducing someone to the family, you said it, you hit the nail on the head, Marty, when you say it makes you look at your family through an external person's eyes. And um, I wonder if, that is flavoured by your experience when you're the one being introduced to another family. Like, do I just go, oh, it's my family, it'll be fine? Or do I think about the times that I've met another family (laughs) and just because of the differences alone, I've been sort of set aback? I wonder if that makes me extra cautious (laughs) when I'm doing that to someone who's done that to me. I don't know. Or whether it's just a natural thing that would happen, whether you'd been in that position or not. I can't remember a specific time where I brought someone to a Christmas because I think my immediate family is so large mm. that I don't think I've ever done that to someone at Christmas time. They just get, <laughs> I think, they just get I think lost. I, I think I slowly reveal the family to them over time <laughs> because if they didn't know the like, because I'm one of seven kids and they've all got partners and kids and mum and dad. So our just just my immediate family and partners. Uh, there were like so, 25 people there last year. So instead of being buried by presents, they're buried by other people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't see the presents for the people. <laughs> but I think uh, I have heard reports back <laughs> from uh, partners gone by uh, saying, I might just need I might just need a minute. Your family is so loud. <laughs> yeah, a lot of energy going around when you have uh, people who, you know, you don't necessarily, it's a big big immediate family to have. Mm. So, you know, seeing each other during the year is quite a feat of organization. Yep. So when we actually achieve it at Christmas time, um, we're all very excited to see each other in one place. And yeah, that can be uh, quite dramatic. And they're all very, uh, they're all very knowledgeable as well, because you know we, we've had uh, <laughs> a number of them feature on our show. They know their uh, Australian television history and bluey uh, factoids, as it were. They certainly do. Mm. I'm very uh, privileged to have them as my nibblings. So I think one of the things, the first things in the episode that hits me is just that they've got the classic establishing shot <laughs> and you just get the cars down the street. And I think for me, that's a bit of a for real life because you're kind of like, oh, you know, auntie's here and uncle's there and like, you know, everybody by their cars and it's, it starts to create, okay, it's that gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you were talking about the present giving, you know, that's how the, the episode starts. And we've got the, the scene where Bluey's being the Christmas elf. And handing around the presents. Stripes and Bandit get the same uh, apron. With the the classic (laughs) Nana phrase. Just like, oh, but but you both are, which is just so Nana. Of them both getting Oh, what's this? I've got a T-shirt. There's writing on the (laughs) T-shirt. Just hang on. I'll just get my glasses. Reads the T-shirt. Hang on. I'll just get my glasses. (laughs) Oh, I love love the voice acting from Nana there. Just like, (laughs) oh, you. you." It's just kind of like that sort of faux um, insulted kind of you cheeky little (laughs) and I think in terms of the Australian elements of this the the hot weather because they've got the the pedestal the white pedestal fan just Mm -hmm. in the shot and right next to it is like a golden sparkle reindeer they got both of those things from Kmart oh yeah Yeah. because we're at um, it's 
Trixie and Stripe's house, isn't it? Oh, I hadn't even. Oh, I assume so because not to, not 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 for anyone to roll up a magazine. Um, but <laughs> um, but uh, from the pool episode, Correct. it is Uncle Stripe who lets yeah, them use the okay. pool. Yeah, we are. And also, well, <laughs> there's other hints in there, like all the wrapping paper, like you sort of said. Frank, there's the cyclone yeah. of present mm. unwrapping. But there's also a whole bunch of uh, rainbow, no, what are they, moonlight unicorns, I think, spread around the place. And there's uh-huh. a picture of Muffin on one of the the, uh, the countertops, nice. her wearing Good a tutu. Spot. So I think that sort of, but <laughs> yeah, as gotcha. well, there are so many things here that just sort of say Stripe and Trixie and the sort of life that they have. Because um, yeah. they've got this, like, they've got the Buddhist esque shrine thing outside yeah. on, on the wall they've got the ipad which is rose gold there's so many things <laughs> it about. almost makes it even easier to empathize with tricks at the moment of the gravy debacle as well because it's in her like it's that makes sense because if it's it's her house yeah. like oh, i've just got a couple of packets oh, i'll do a proper one <laughs> you come into my home <laughs> not on my turf, I love you. I, I love you nana i know you don't mean anything by it I think you were saying as well, Frank, the rotating of Christmases. Yes. For oh, me, absolutely. I'm imagining, okay, this is this is the rotation round to yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Stripe and Trixie's house, which yeah, means you that- you had it last year, so, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it this time. And that means that- And we've and got the pool, that, so- <laughs> There's that fantastic moment when Trixie just like, we're jumping all around as we usually do, but Trixie sits down at the, the table with all the food prepared and you just see her have a moment going- Ah, my responsibility has ended. Yeah, ended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and got, uh, which, you know, is the, the thing of sort of like <laughs> the mum usually gets is organizing all the stuff. You got the dad outside worrying about the crackling of just like some <laughs> infinitesimal <laughs> detail of some yep. ridiculous thing that they've gravitated <laughs> towards. And the mum's inside like preparing 90% of the rest of the meal, I bet. <laughs> and then having to fend off mothers in law at the same time. <laughs> I love the two I love the two brothers, um like like fronting up about how the, the meat should be cooked. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. And then, of course, we have the unpacking of Bartleby, and there's some great bits of music <laughs> in this one. I, I forget what exactly. Maybe Bartleby is uh, my best in show for this one. <laughs> he just takes it all in his stride. He really does. It's a really nice introduction to all the different members of the family. Yeah. Sorry, Frank. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm triggered by this episode because when I get a new toy that looks action figure like <laughs> on Christmas, the absolute last place it's going is in the pool. <laughs> yeah. He's not getting his face dipped <laughs> in the gravy. He's not. <laughs> Coming home with a broken arm, uh, I half expected when the first sort of, you know, uh, accident befell Bartleby, I half expected Bluey to, to freak out and, and and sort of cry. And I went, no, no, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, you're projecting a bit. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, uh, that He-Man you were showing me before, you know, I could see him in the pool. What did you do to him, Brendan? <laughs> it better still be there when we're done. <laughs> to your point, Marty, you mentioned about the heat. This is why a number of the presents that get unwrapped by a socks and a muffin are inflatable, was it like inflatable pizza? pizza. And like, <laughs> yeah. It was like a donut. Oh, I forget what the other one was. An island, yeah. which becomes the ferry. Yeah, the ferry's leaving. Oh, that's like, a great And there were so many great, the pool games, right? That's probably something else we can yeah. all speak to for real life moments. Classic you know, catches. The, oh, the, the slow-mo, oh, <laughs> the hand unfolds. And yeah. then, but then in typical Bluey fashion, they, they get the dog component in there bandit diving full stretch but then just getting the ball in his mouth as a dog would. <laughs> it was chili. Was it chili? It's chili who does oh, that. Yeah. Nice. Which is perfect chili actually. There's just something <laughs> yeah. about it that, that, that just matches. 
Sorry, I'm going to have to come back to the um, fairy game that gets played because I love that moment and I love mm. goodbye, kids. Oh, I'm going to put my lipstick on. <laughs> goodbye, kids. Keys, keys, keys in the door. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. I'd forgotten about that. It's one of those classic, <laughs> it's one of those classic bluey things that just like creates another universe because you get to see Muffin projecting what her mum is like yeah, through yeah, this yeah, storytelling. Yeah. And you sort of start to see nice. their relationship. Yeah. It. yeah, it's just this tiny little moment, but it has so much weight to it. This whole episode really does conjure up that thing for me about Christmas in the summer because it's weird for us when you grow up in Australia and all the Christmas movies you watch are, of all course, snow. from mm. from Hollywood or British <laughs> Christmas movies mm. and it's all snow. So and, and we still do put, like, fake snow up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and, you know, when Santa does come to the park um, <laughs> in the middle of summer, he's still dressed in his full regalia, oh, yeah. the poor guy. <laughs> Usually <laughs> travelling on a fire truck, so he's got the big hose to, you know, hose all put- the kids. Put him out. It's interesting. We know in our heads the magic of Christmas in the winter time with all the songs and the and the movies, but we've always just known it to be the really hot time where your family come and yep. jump in the pool. Yeah. But uh, you know, our mutual friend Tom, hmm. his partner Kristen, she's from America, yep. and it's been really interesting because <laughs> she was she spent her first Christmas in uh, Australia last Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she did a Thanksgiving thing as well. And she was cooking all day. We still do like the, you know, the, the slow cooked meats and, and that sort of stuff that you would typically associate with a a wintertime feast. We we still tend to do a lot of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Barbecues <laughs> and all these sorts of things. And to see to see poor Kristen just dealing with it. And it was a particularly uh, hot yes. Christmas, and um, <laughs> and it's just how do you do it? And, and you t- still have all these cooked meals and everything. What are you insane? Yeah. And like seeing that, it's, <laughs> it goes back to the whole thing of seeing uh, something through the eyes of a person who's not really used to it. Mm-hmm. You just go, oh yeah, w- we are crazy for doing all this. <laughs> do you ever see the movie Bushfire Moon? No. It was called something else in it was it was called Bush Christmas internationally. Mm-hmm. But um side note, my elder sister Claire went to school with the guy who played the kid. But you guys don't know the movie, so that means nothing to you. <laughs> Relevant. No, yeah, I was that, say, but no, isn't this already a side note before you get into personal connections? <laughs> Double side note. But no, 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 no. But the mean guy, I mean, I mean it's a Christmas movie, so he ends up being he uh, ends up being not mean. It's sort of now. I'm only just realizing it now, and I'm 37 years old. <laughs> that it's an Australian take on a uh, Christmas Carol, um, and I've, and I've only just realized that. I think because because this guy he's sort of like the Scrooge character. Isn't that amazing? The things you learn just by talking through them. Uh, but no, he had a party, and he's like the British sort of th- thing. So. Um, and he and he invites everyone, and they have the, like this. Cri- it's a tradition to have like a Christmas log burning on the fire. Yeah, Yule log, and oh, yeah, yeah, Yule log, yeah. and so they've got a Yule log, and it's like forty <laughs> plus degrees. <laughs> I mean, nowadays we have uh, fire restrictions that uh, stop that from, but it's set in the distant past, and it's set in colonial times, and so um, so yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't have the smarts to go. Maybe we shouldn't light a fire in the bush, <laughs> not a great on idea. a forty plus degree day, and. <laughs> the lives of everybody in the district and beyond but um was that, that the point of that story i think the don't point start of, fires in the bush i think the point of the story is summer christmas is weird to lots of people <laughs> but i like it hmm. there's something about it there's something about it you know 
I mean, for us uh, in Australia, cricket is the big thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a very much a summer sport. We associate Christmas with cricket, which, you know, to Americans, they go, is that that strange, not quite baseball thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. In the same way that <laughs> baseball is regarded as America's pastime, cricket is, uh, is kind of ours. So, um, and for all our English listeners, uh, I'm sorry because we're better. Really? <laughs> Fact. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, I uh, have mentioned this before. I deliver the mail for Australia Post, and I I'm out there. You know, rain, hail, or shine, and come Christmas time, there are so many parcels mm-hmm. that I have to deliver, and it's boiling hot. And lucky, I've got a newer car these days, and so I've actually got air conditioning. There was a time that I didn't, Oof. and uh, now I can't live without it. But uh, I'm there, rocking my high vis singlet delivering the parcels like Santa himself. And one thing, even though it's hot, I am very grateful that our Christmas is in the summer for daylight savings alone. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes, usually maybe I'll, uh, in the middle of the year, I might get an early knockoff time. Mm. And if I've delivered everything, I'm just going to go home, aren't I? But come Christmas time, it's not uncommon that I'm still on the road at like seven, eight o'clock delivering the mail for the day. And if it were in the middle of winter, like it is in other parts of the world, like it is in the Northern Hemisphere, um, it would already be dark. And I've got all these things that I got to deliver. I've still got half a day to do. So it's it is on those days that I go. Thank God, I don't care about the heat. At least I've got light to finish this job. Otherwise, it'll never get done. So I think, judging from his facial reactions, Marty's actually keen to talk about the Bluey episode itself. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you remember that thing? <laughs> a novel idea, but yeah. let's let's see how it plays out. Are the Christmassy things mm. classic? Christmassy things, kids' table extensions. Oh, the kids' yeah. table. Yeah, everyone had the kids' table. <laughs> Is, so it's always slightly lower table because it's like mismatched. <laughs> it's got like the plasticky type of tablecloth on it yeah, because yeah. kids are inevitably going to spill something on it. They're reading the uh, the terrible Christmas jokes. So it's not actually. Uh, I think we've just got music by that point in the episode. yeah. It's like a montage just playing of over all the top. The stuff that's we're just getting to see Bartleby actually, you know, fitting in with the family. Yeah. Oh, and it's really so. You, they they just act that out. Eye rolling at the terrible jokes that are inevitably <laughs> in the crackers and ripping the hat, which is uh, something that always, <laughs> ripping always the hat. Happens. Oh man, I don't think I ever had a hat that I didn't rip by yeah, my or by my stupidly bulbous noggin. Or you 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 wear them long enough and as we've talked about the heat in australia your forehead starts to go blue or purple or whatever (laughs) color you happen to be wearing because it melts to your face a little bit you mentioned the terrible jokes i will defend bonbon jokes Uh, (laughs) give us an example and actually little another little thing for our trans-pacific partners Bonbons, we're not talking about the candy. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, Bonbon is a word that we use for Christmas crackers a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. So, Christmas crackers and bonbons, that's what we call them, which, uh, you know, I think we just do that to confuse people. And, you know, that's what it's all about. But I I have a joke from a Christmas cracker. Here we go. That I love. Do you guys have any that you want to say? I can't think of any. I'll go first. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) Uh, This is my favorite joke that I ever got from a Christmas cracker. See if I can remember. Um, uh, What happened to the man who couldn't tell the difference between window putty and toothpaste? I know this one. It is good. Marty? No. Please tell us, Brendan. (laughs) All his windows fell out. 
<laughs> takes you a second because you start picturing you're like putty this day, and toothpaste I think I stuffed it up because I, I shouldn't no, have no, said window right. putty I should have just said well, couldn't tell the difference between putty and toothpaste yeah. and the and because it codges up like oh toothpaste oh he's going to put and you stick in that the answer is going to be about something about his mouth because all his windows fell out of course they did because he's toothpaste I don't know why I just but when you get that yep. in a cracker it's so bizarre <laughs> and so avant-garde you just think why <laughs> This. The other thing we should probably shout out, which is a bit of uh, foreshadowing in these uh, pandemic-y times, is the uh, Christmas Zoom call, of course, uh, to um, yes. Uncle Rad and his uh, new boo. And this is where the, the heart of the episode really comes to the summit, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. So Uncle Rad and, and Frisky, and she has a, a lovely conversation with Bluey, just going, yeah, these healers, they're a little bit... A little bit crazy. And the music starts to swell it as does, she says yeah. it. And yeah, give them a chance and you'll find they're, they're what does she say? They're full of love or something. Yeah, oh, that's it. It's really sweet. Another classic bluey opening, closing couplets thing. Because we yes. had all the opening couplets wherein uh, something terrible or awkward happened to Bartleby as he got pushed off the thing or, you know, chucked in the water or splashed or, you know, any of the two rough type um, actions. And then we have the other things where we get to see him being included and being yeah. shown love to like around the kitchen table. Yeah, and- he gets a shout out at the table. Here's and to the, Bartleby. Here's to Bartleby. Yeah. I, I, that, that never happened to me. I never got a here's to Optimus no. Prime at my Christmas. <laughs> no, you'd probably shied away from the pool a bit too much. Whereas Bartleby was amongst and it. I think for the, uh, for the closing couplets, the best one is Nana catching a ball without her glasses on. So that's a bit of a, like... Hey, nice. <laughs> take that. Well done, that. She's still that. got it. Yeah, she's still got it. Oh, man, swimming as well. Like, I don't know if you guys were, like, strong swimmers when you were kids, but I was markedly not so. <laughs> and um, and uh, I think I'm just really grateful because I, I don't know if you guys really enjoyed going to swimming lessons at school, mm. but the bus ride was the favourite thing for me because if you got a cool seat with your friends, then that was an exciting. It wasn't school. That's what I loved about <laughs> it. Sure. But then the, then the swimming lessons, I was always in the lower class and, uh, yeah, I just didn't get it. I wasn't very physically gifted as a child i know you guys find that hard to believe to look oh, at me now really? um oh, just such a specimen but um <laughs> but uh i just liked out that we had friends nearby who had a pool that uh no that it was just one of those above ground pools yep. where i could kind of stand up at every point and oh my god this is such a sad story and I've, i'm not painting myself <laughs> as better much than the story where you got pulled out with a big hook the, uh, swimming <laughs> that's center. part of the story <laughs> oh man geordie loves that story our mate our mutual I friend jordan he just love he just loves that i was the kid and this is really sad i'm thinking about myself back then and, and poor poor little brendan just want to hug him <laughs> He was the only kid in the buoyancy vest, and then and he's and everyone else is like jumping off the high dive. He's like, no, oh, I got my I got my buoyancy vest, and like I keep jumping in and trying to swim to the other end of the pool, and then they have to like put, put, put a broomstick in for me to hold on to, and I don't know the poor little guy, but I I, I was I, I was. I think it just, just I was just scared because all the other kids were way better than me, and so so I'm just grateful that I had a friend like um you know Muffin who had a pool and had me around, and the pool there was no deep end, so I could kind of <laughs> become accustomed to being in water at my own pace, <laughs> and now I can at least like swim and I <laughs> and I enjoy swimming. I'm not graceful, can't do it properly. 
the friend or family member with a pool. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. That's the dream yep. because then there's no maintenance for you to do, <laughs> but you have access to a pool. That's right. I was just thinking, like, you know, then that becomes, it becomes the gathering place for really great times, really great memories. So there's, like, uh, Brendan's referred to it as the pool episode and just, like, that becoming sort of semi-public property of not entirely for your family. It's, you know, anybody who gets invited into the circle. I was just about to roll up a magazine for you, but I figured that would be a bit, you couldn't bit do rough that, if, I, if I expect you not to do it for me before. Well, <laughs> you, you, you'd be hard-pressed to roll up a magazine because they're all rolled up for you after this yeah, episode. You're, you're actually <laughs> yeah. surrounded by them right now. Yeah. Ow. We've been talking about muffin a couple of times, but I also love socks. Socks always get some good little bits because that's where they get to play with what's a kid version of a dog person. Yeah. And what's it like when they're growing up. So I think in this one, socks is actually walking on two legs as opposed to four. I think potentially the first time we've seen that. Yeah. But she still has elements of more dogness because she goes up and licks Bartleby mm-hmm. and she just yeah, said, yeah. Oh, she says something you know she's got a lot one liner or something like that yeah. pizza um when she gets the pizza toy but you know just this idea yeah they're more like dogs when they're smaller and then they slowly grow out of that that's how evolution works isn't it yeah pretty much yeah yeah we came from dogs didn't we yeah or did they come from us oh you have said that this might be a <laughs> a utopian future <laughs> or post-apocalyptic <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a post-apocalyptic utopian future in which everybody is uh, a dog person a dog planet of the dogs yeah. and then their, their brother has a pool because <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. important to know that's the utopian aspect and I love that the crackling gets the approval at the end. It, it gets oh, the nod. Struck. Yeah. And because it, it's so good. Like, I oh, know, I know what I'm doing. He don't know what I'm doing. Are you sure you know how to do it? And, and I love it when Rads is on the, is on the call. It, yeah. He just, he, he says, are you sure you know how to do the crackling, mate? And then, we're, and then, but I love that even though Tribe's like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And they're all, it's all like, oh, we don't know. I know how to do it. And it's all competitive. And then at the end, when he does get the approval, you can still tell that it still means a real lot that he got it. <laughs> He's yeah. like, really? You, you, you reckon? Oh, You're putting on it. a brave face when they're trash talking each other. But when it comes down to it, he does want people to go, yeah, nah, you had it. And the other <laughs> lovely acknowledgement moment is when I mentioned before when Trixie's sitting down after preparing all the food, she's actually wearing the world's greatest chef apron. At that <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so it's got around her. So that's nice. It's a title that moves around as much as the apron. <laughs> Well, was this episode Christmassy enough, guys? Was it Christmassy enough for you? I'm feeling in the season. Oh, I'm ready to go. I've got <laughs> presents to uh, wrap, uh, presents to buy. What, with, because, uh, ooh, with your mum's side of the family? Uh, Set aside a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, we start wrapping for Christmas 2022 now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Good move. Good move. <laughs> well, folks, listeners, family, friends, Merry Christmas to you all. And to all the good nights. Here's to Bartleby. And here's to Bartleby. (laughs) (laughs) Here, here. No, thank you for tuning in. I'm wishing everyone tuning into this show happy and safe holidays and uh, love to all your family. I don't know them, but maybe I will one day. Maybe you'll invite me and then you'll see your family through my eyes. Please, somebody invite me. <laughs> my family's so loud. No, 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 no. No, you can come to my family. Uh, base. They're loud, but, you know, give them a chance. You know, <laughs> Do they have a pool? Uh, no, Ooh. we don't. Or Steve's building a pool, oh. but that's in Perth. So we'll all go over to Perth. <laughs> anyway, all this to say, Merry, Merry, Bluey Christmas. And if you do have any last-minute Christmas gifts that you need to buy, maybe you weren't organised, maybe you, you got something and they already had it. I don't know. But if you need something, you know where to find it. 
aisle 300. Left of the fake snow. If you hit a reindeer, you've gone too far. Created and produced by Frank, Brennan and Marty. You can follow the Hammerbun Project on facebook.com slash hammerbunproj at hammerbunproj on Twitter or hammerbun underscore project on Instagram. Theme featuring Nibblings, Kaylee, Jade, Ashley and Reese and PA announcements by brother-in-law, me, Josh. Thanks for listening and remember to get down to Hammerbun for cheap shovels.